0: You know, I'm always happy to spend a few minutes with my good friend, Michael Letts. He is the CEO of InvestUSA.org, dedicated to saving the lives of law enforcement officers everywhere. And man, what is going on? I read a good article this morning, uh, Michael, written by uh, Lauren Hutton. She writes for Conservative Daily News, and she says, when you watch lawlessness at the top, you can be assured there will be lawlessness at the bottom. And what we're seeing Correct. now is that our own state Supreme Court in one of the states, Colorado, uh, is circumventing something because they don't like a guy and they don't want him to run for president. And it's unprecedented what's happening. What's your take on all this?
1: Well, I think they're the key. This is a very crucial issue, and I want to frame it for your listeners. You know, people, the mainstream media, well, we don't like Trump or Trump's bad for democracy or this, that we've got to do whatever. We can just stop him from being elected. That's bad enough. But let's take a look at the premise of what's in here. It's not so much against Trump, it's a principle of jurisprudence, which has been in this country for the last 250 years, ever since we've been founded. And that's just one critical principle. In this country, you are innocent until proven guilty by a jury of your peers. Or if you make a plea guilty, you're one of those two. In this particular case, the the Supreme Court has said that the president cannot be on the ballot because he has violated the 14th Amendment. The problem with that, Jim, is even the feds, this prosecutor, Jack Smith, saw, found no evidence to indict him on an insurrection. That's they right. have never even indicted him, much less convicted him of an insurrection. So you have a group of supposedly judges who are nothing but activist politicians who can't get their way, who have decided to rewrite a very fundamental principle of law in this country. And that principle is now you're not innocent until proven guilty. If they don't like you, you're guilty. And they're going to give you the consequences of what they think that guilt should be, regardless of whether you've been indicted, regardless of whether you have been convicted by a jury of your peers. And that is a total collapse of our jury system in the United States. And that is why this case is so important. You've got California now saying, "Whoa, what a great idea. Let me try it. You've got other states. That is not the basic tenet this country was founded upon. If we let this go, which I know we won't, but if we do, Jim. There is no longer justice in this country. It will be a free-for-all. Every man will do that, which is right in their own eyes. Every man will be uh, trying to defend themselves. It will be a free-for-all.
0: You know, you uh, should also mention Enderon, uh, the judge in in New York, who basically has already come up with a verdict. So there again is a violation of his of his duties. He's convicted, he's no tried and convicted someone in a court of law and he hasn't even had his day in court. And so this isn't the first time it's almost as if Trump has this ability to to bring out the worst in our in our political system. He's showing he is draining the swamp metaphorically.
1: Right. Um, And and, uh, two things you just raised there, Jim, Let let me touch on real quickly. First of all, this is such an important issue. You can't just say, "Okay, you got it wrong. Get it right. Let's move on. People have to be held accountable because it is catching on like wildfire. You mentioned the case in New York, you know, where, where, where the judge has already said, I don't want to hear the truth. I don't want to hear any of this case. We've already found him guilty, and we're going to go on ahead and punish him accordingly. You have it now trickling down. You and I talked about this a few weeks back on the case in Austin, Texas, the prosecutor i don't care whether they're guilty or innocent i'm going to move forward with it anyway i'm going to go ahead and treat them as if they're guilty cause them to lose their careers in law enforcement subject them to destroy their families and oh at the end of the day maybe i made it wrong okay i'm gonna go ahead drop this after all when you don't hold people accountable for their such nefarious act it will continue to happen so in this case You've got four justices who who should immediately be suspended and removed from the California Supreme Court. And then once this case is adjudicated in the Supreme Court, they need to have charges filed against them for failure to perform their duties.
0: Well, I believe, and I opened up the program with this, I believe that justice will prevail. If it doesn't prevail, then America won't prevail. But I, like you, am very shocked about this because— uh, and I also mentioned that that the Democrats or the people, the anti-trumpers, they're in an echo chamber. they They're even last night watching ABC News, the most popular network news at six o'clock in the in the nation. And they're putting up signs while they're talking that say insurrection, Trump insurrection. The imaging is there. The press has already convicted him of it. Liz Cheney's already convicted him of it. And they're all talking amongst themselves as if it's a foregone conclusion that Trump uh, incited an insurrection when it was a a kangaroo court to begin with. It's, It's almost like this nation has gone crazy. And I don't understand it. Really it. And we haven't even gotten to the, the key issue today, which is it's been revealed that as much as 10,000 migrants are coming across the country every single day. If you do the quick math, that's 300,000 a month. That's 3.6 million immigrants coming into this country unlawfully every year. That means between now and the time Biden gets out of office, we'll see 3 million new people in this country that shouldn't be here. Crazy.
1: No, there's no question. And the sad part about that, Jim, what you just said—that's you know another topic, a separate issue—but we have discovered ten IUDs in the last few days uh, coming across. Now, that's a major that's explosive power. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, we had those in Afghanistan. We had them in Iraq. That's that's not that's not popping somebody with a firecracker. Like, you have massive destruction when that occurs. And remember now, we only catch 10 to 20%. Well,
0: who who so, brought them in?
1: The fears, Do we know? Uh, they actually, the cartel had them. you kidding me. The cartel, you know, we're, we're bringing, and we have known for some time that the cartel has partnered with China, with Hamas, with Hezbollah, with others to help facilitate. Cause you know, they're all in it together. What does the cartel get? They want money for their drugs. China produces the chemicals. By the way, Hezbollah and Hamas have plenty of money from Iran that we gave, them. but this administration, Joe Biden, has funded terrorism. Uh, And so they're willing to pay to the top dollar to help, you know, they all partner together to make sure they keep their business running slowly and smoothly so that they can continue to have cash flow. (coughs) And what do they do with that cash flow, Jim? They're smart. They're good business people talking about the cartel, they turn around and make campaign contributions to the Democratic Party so that uh, they can get them to stall any reform that would hinder what they're attempting to do. So you've got millions crossing, unvetted, that we know are on the terrorist watch list. We've got now explosives, uh, IUDs, and other uh, things coming across. We're in the most busiest season of the year. We know that Iran has issued a terrorist jihad across globally targeting America. They want the next uh, major terrorist activity to occur on our soil. And this is the perfect time for them. They find plenty of crowds, so they do plenty of damage with the stuff they've already brought across the border. So a threat is imminent. We know that. And then you've got Democrats that are trying to shift the attention. Oh, we just want to make sure we protect democracy. We don't allow Trump on the ballot. So we're willing to change our jurisprudence and make him guilty until prove innocent and other ways around. And that's to make the American people happy. No, the American people are disgusted with how they have destroyed our system. They've destroyed our fundamental principles. They've destroyed everything this country has stand for. And it's time now, Jim, that for action has come. We have to make a stand, or we're going to lose this country.
0: Well, I kind of feel like a, a light shined in my head today. I, I'm fairly convinced that President Trump is going to be the president in next year. I, I, I think he's going to win.
1: There's no question.
0: And all this silliness that the left is doing they're going to they're going to pay for it in a big way. Okay, Michael. Thank you again, and I wish you and your family a merry Christmas. You know.
1: The same day we wish you a merry Christmas, and we'll look forward to the. There'll probably be ten other subjects we'll try to cram into just ten minutes. <laughs> Got it <to, laughs> next Great, yeah. going, but I'd rather get it all out now, Jim. Let's get the public engaged.
0: Michael Letts from yeah. InvestUSA.org, and it sure is good catching Great. up with continue, you. Jim. Yes, and we'll Great. talk in God the week God ahead. God bless America. Same to you, okay. Michael Letts, ladies and gentlemen. We'll continue speaking out, America. I'm Jim Watkins. Hey, don't forget, you can catch Speaking Out America on the on the podcast archives. In fact, I encourage you to go check them out and download them. We have new episodes every, almost every day. So if you miss something, you can always go back to the archives. Just do a search on any search engine. Just say, Jim Watkins is Speaking Out podcast, and you'll find it. Or you can tune in to CRN Talk every day at noon Pacific and again at 8 In the evening, if you miss a show, you can catch it later in the day. And we are about fighting freedom. We are about fighting for freedom. And including that is the freedom of speech. And after COVID, it kind of woke me up to the realization that totalitarianism, surveillance state, all of those things that we read about in those dystopian novels when we were young are suddenly a lot closer than we thought. And it wasn't until COVID hit and the misinformation and the mass hysteria and the way that people were divided against one another and and basically manipulated by a government that really didn't know what it was doing and lied to the American people about the origins, the very people that we were supposed to trust, the Fauci's of the world, the Deborah Burks, and they lied to us. And there's so much documentation now that the government covered up the not only the origins but the development and then the vaccines getting and the big pharma getting into the the pockets of the government and the government getting into the pockets of the big pharma and it was a wake up call for me there was that period of time where i was looking out my window in the in the height of the pandemic and it was such an unusual feeling to look out the window of my house and think about the entire world was in lockdown and it was all because of some scientists who wanted to generate a profit. That's all it is. That's all. The, the history will show that our government was complicit in creating a situation where they could reverse engineer a vaccine that they said was safe. And then they went about obfuscating and hiding the real world data that showed that like one in 200 people who got a vaccine walked out of there with a permanent disability some kind of ailment, something that they can't get rid of as long as there's spike protein circulating in their their bloodstream. It's sick. I know it, it's it's almost repulsive to think that that happened, but it did. And a lot of people, a majority of, of the people, at least in this country, are still living in denial of that very fact. It's a hard truth to swallow. It was like uh, that matrix scene, right? Where where you wake up and you realize that the reality that you're on, you're in is not the reality that is. It is not the true reality. And, uh, and now I do this program. Uh, I started doing a coronavirus update to get people the real news of what was going on, and that thing boomed to over a million and a half downloads. And I still keep it going, but I do it because it's harder and harder to find the truth, and it's harder and harder to, to find dissent. People who are willing to speak up and speak out against the narrative. And after following Robert Malone and and folks like that and uh, Matthew Des- Desmet and all these others, uh, Naomi Wolf has done a complete flip around. Uh, a lot of liberals, a lot of liberals. I saw Miranda Devine. I saw her on, uh, these are New York Times alumna, alumni, and these are once radical leftists, feminists that... that uh, railed against the government. You know, I remember growing up in 1976, 77, Saturday Night Live was against the government. It was the anti-government. It was the questioning of the government. And now Saturday Night Live is an arm of the propaganda machine of the government. We saw that during the Trump years where they 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 just tore them apart. Uh, and all of the talk show hosts now on TV, they're echo chambers of the Democratic Party. They fall in lockstep with all of their policies, this, uh, this green movement that's destroying economies around the country in order to feel good about saving the planet when you're doing no such thing. So I get up and I say, I've got to try to change hearts and ch- change minds somehow. I don't want to lose this battle. And I see the pods getting lifted off the truck in the movie, you know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers more and more people are being corrupted by this woke think that, that none of the old rules apply, that religion is bad, that patriarchy is bad. Somehow because men uh, are in a patriarchal position is somehow evil just because. Uh, and, and people don't know their history. They don't, they don't know anything except for what the left-wing media spews at them. So we try to counter that. There's nothing else I can do and so this story kind of pops up i will admit and this is what i wanted to say to you i will admit that i'm starting to realize that what's going on in gaza is a, is a huge mistake and part of this is because of the gentleman i've been following for a year and a half a guy by the name of john meshmir he's a great intellectual professor john amirshmir of university of chicago he, uh, he successfully predicted Russia's invasion of Ukraine uh, back in 2015, and he was following a lot of the global warming uh, stuff that's been spewing in an attempt to take control of our energy system and energy distribution. All of these oligarchs now are meeting in COP28, trying to come up with new rules on how to regulate our lives. But there are uh, occasionally people in academia who speak out against those things. And Professor Mishmir is one of them. And I respect his opinion. And so yesterday when I saw the article that he had written, I said, I'll give him a chance. And he says that what's happening right now in Gaza is horribly wrong. And I think he believes that the Jews had a right to uh, take go after Hamas. But he says now it's all out of control. He says, what's happening now, historians will look down upon in shame. He says, what Israel is doing in Gaza to the Palestinian civilian population with the support of the Biden administration is a crime against humanity that serves no meaningful military purpose. As J Street, an important uh, organization in the Israeli lobby, puts it, the scope of the unfolding humanitarian disaster and civilian casualties is nearly unfathomable he says moreover it is clear from the results of the bombing campaign that israel is indiscriminately killing civilians two detailed studies of the idf's bombing campaign both published in israeli outlets explains in detail how israel is murdering huge numbers of civilians it is worth quoting the title of two pieces one is succinctly called capture And what each has to say, one is called a mass assassination policy. The other subject is called the Israeli army has dropped the restraint in Gaza. And the data shows unprecedented killing. Now, I was raised to believe that two wrongs don't make a right. I understand that historically the Jews have always been oppressed. Uh, They've always been the minority, the outcast. And when the world agreed in 1948 that they should be allowed to resettle in their own homeland, the world agreed. Now, I won't get go into all the details. I'm not a big, I, I'm not a fan of Palestinians. I'm not a, I don't know any Palestinians, frankly. I know people who come from the Middle East. I know people that are Iraqi, they're former Iranians, and they seem like pretty decent people to me. But I understand that the Jews are particularly sensitive to this. And the January 7th or the October 7th, a massacre was horrible and they had a right to react but now they have destroyed gaza they're filling up the tunnels they've gone after the hospitals that are being used as hamas of uh, strike points but now there are millions of children that are starving and it's not their fault and i don't know what the answer is but i i think we have to as a as a collective maybe the united states If we weren't backing the Jews right now, well, the Jews would probably, I mean, it's unfathomable what could be happening. But having said all that, it still doesn't justify mass civilian killings. So the only answer, in my opinion, and in the growing opinion of others, is that Egypt is going to have to help. Egypt is is going, this is what I think should happen. There should be an immediate ceasefire. And Egypt should start to prepare a portion of that South or that Sinai Peninsula as a refugee station so that the Palestinians can rebuild what's left of their society. And this does not mean that we don't stop going against Hamas. This does not mean that we don't put pressure on Iran, whatever that pressure requires, for them to stop attacking. The Jews, they should be met with resistance and great force. But this total decimation of the Palestinian population is unwarranted. Two wrongs do not make a right. Two wrongs do not make a right. And up until this point, and I read what Mishmir had to say, I I thought to myself, you know, I'm not so much against what the Palestinian marchers are saying, but what I am against is the fact that children are dying. And they're dying because of what their parents do. And the Jews are not justified in killing indiscriminately. Again, two wrongs don't make a right. And that's where I'll leave it with you. Because, look, we are trying to be civilized, even though we still have our wars. We're trying to be civilized. And one step is to stop the killing on both sides. Uh, I don't know how much of the reserves Hamas has left, but right now we need to go after Iran... And we need to enforce a no ceasefire policy in that region for the next 10 years. That the Israelis could not conduct this punishment campaign without support from the United States. And furthermore, they need American diplomatic support. And we are giving that to them. So we are as, as deeply involved in this disaster, this humanitarian disaster, as the Israelis themselves are.